It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. Once again, this is Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the proud and grateful owner of God Country, Texas, King Country, KAAM, and I'm sitting with Dallas elder law attorney, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. Happy New Year to Happy you. Happy New Year to you, too. I, I appreciate it. We've accomplished another year together, which uh, I'm very grateful for, and I'm looking forward to 2020. I can't believe it's 2020. We're not going to say 19, 18, 17 anymore. And what a pivotal year this is going to be for us. Yeah, it, it really is. I guess, uh, I guess 2020 will have a vision for the future. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I don't know where we're going to be come November, but wow, it's going to be quite different when we roll into 21, uh, no matter what happens, or maybe a lot of the same. I guess it depends on how you vote and what you think. But in the meantime, We'll stay in our own little niche here and do what we can for the audience for free, for free, providing them your expertise and knowledge on estate planning and government assistance as best we possibly can in the ensuing 25 minutes. And today, Michael, your idea was to talk about joint accounts and what that all means, uh, a client of yours and how they have uh, some complicated situations and circumstances and how you were able to reconcile those. Yeah, I mean... A lot of times, and the reason why I thought that joint accounts uh, should be brought up because they're used so frequently, and there's good and there's bad. Mm-hmm. And I think that we should point – a lot of times people think of the good, but they fail to think about the consequences of their actions until something bad has occurred. Well, we're married, so everything should be a joint account, Right. Right, but at least even if you're not married, let's say uh, you're, let's say you're either single and maybe have a child, or you know, either widowed or divorced, mm-hmm. and you have a child, mm-hmm. and you name that child on the account. Very good. Okay. What could be the ramifications? And so a lot of times you'll find with the elderly, you say, "Oh, I'll let so and so take care of things, so I'll just put my child on the account, mm-hmm. and they could take care of things." Mm-hmm. Okay, so that the good news is, yeah, they could write checks. Uh, they could do whatever it is on that. They're a joint owner, and even if you should die, generally, generally, it goes to the survivor. Generally, why did I say generally? By the way, we have one that thought they had a joint account with a national firm, but it was a tenants in common, and so the to transfer the assets, you have to probate the will. Oh, boy. So explain tenants in common, please, first. What's that mean? Well, I mean, basically, they're saying it's like there's individual rights. And so basically, you're going to have to they – they would say that to transfer the asset only to the other uh, person on the account, uh-huh. that there had to be proof that there's authority to act, to transfer. You know, like just like on an individual account, uh, if you had an individual account that didn't have a beneficiary, mm-hmm. then – the um, to transfer title, 
if it's, you know, we now a few weeks ago we talked about small states affidavits. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's not a small state. Uh, to transfer the title, they were going to use their will. But remember, with a will, just because you have a will doesn't mean that you have to make sure that the court says that the will's good. So now we have, because the account was styled, you have to look at, there's all sorts of different ways to style an account. Joint accounts, you could have convenience accounts where somebody could sign on your behalf. Mm-hmm. You could have an individual account with a power of attorney. Mm-hmm. You could have um, paid-on-death accounts. You could have all sorts of different in trust for. Also, the signature card at a bank, for example, or whatever the financial institution controls over, let's say, a will, generally. However, in this case, like I said, on this particular case, if it wasn't the right type of account, we still had to go through probate. Alrighty. Um, now, if you had, let's say, a regular joint account, we said there's the good thing is, oh, yeah, a child could take care of things. But what are some of the risks that are uh, that could occur by having a joint account? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, and I'm not saying in any particular order, and I know that we usually trust the person that we have on the joint account, but it could be we find that a lot of elder abuse comes from those people who are even closest. Oh, they, mom wanted to take care of my bills. Oh, this or that. Whatever the reason is, mm-hmm. the justification is. It's just like we were talking earlier about people suing people, Whatever, the, even if we think that those things are not justifiable. They come up with a reason to justify whatever it may be, Yep, to have a rationale mm-hmm. for whatever the wrongful act may be. In part, in the cliche, anybody can sue anybody. You know that as an right, attorney right, for anything. Right, right. You're right. a sitting duck no matter who you are. Right, right. So... Um, Anyway, it, it just gets into this rationale of why we're entitled to do X or Y, mm-hmm. and I don't know that that's you know necessarily a proper thing. Right. Uh, gets us um, any go. Anyway, a lot of times people abuse joint accounts, mm-hmm. yeah, but let's say we trust whoever it is, and rightfully so. so. So let's use the example of a child, and let's say they weren't going to abuse us, and let's say that child is married, and the child's spouse has received a power of attorney from the child, Mm -hmm. and then they have a bad marriage. Oh, you mean to see that no good son-in-law can have access to your account? Yep. If they have a bad marriage, your account could be wiped out. Is that okay? I don't know. Mm -hmm. It may be. No, I love my Mm -hmm. son-in-law. Okay, there's never going to be a marital problem. Okay, what about if your daughter gets sued? Let's say your daughter was on the account. Mm -hmm. All right, well, oh, oh. My assets are subject to their creditors because it's a joint account? Could be. What if we're applying for public benefits? Oh, you're going to have to prove whose money it was. Could be. Now, the government may presume that it's all yours. The government would presume it's all yours, but they may ask for further proof. You mean I have to show further proof just because I had a joint account? Yeah, you do. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, what if the child was on that account and did get divorced? Well, it's, it's certainly separate, separate property in Texas. It's not, but then it may become, you know, some attorney might try to, uh, you know, they'll try to see if they could get to it. It may certainly going to be justifiable that it's your account, but you're going to have to prove it. Oh, gee, you mean I have to go through all this stuff? And is my money subject to? 
my child's divorce? Right. Probably not, right. but, you know, I'm not a family law attorney, but you know how it may go with a lot of these different issues. Just like uh, attorneys might sue all the deep po- pockets, mm-hmm. trying to see whatever it is that they could get. Mm-hmm. Well, this this assignment type of an example that uh, – so um, uh, what happens if you had whoever it was that needs to – let's say it was that child was on that count, and um, they had – your grandchild needed to get some sort of um, – Oh, let's say a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Will that money make a difference in getting the scholarship? Hmm. Good point. Well, um, so they might not get some sort of financial aid. So, so first of all, there's the diff- risk that way. What happens if you uh, put? Let's say you had put that child on the cat, or let's say you mentioned about the marriage. What happens if you give it all to spouse and the spouse remarries and gives all the assets to their new spouse, and you wanted to go to the children? Or what happens if, even if that weren't the case, that they weren't going to do that, mm-hmm. but the new spouse has health issues, mm-hmm. and you have a duty to support that new spouse? Remember, if you're married, you have a financial duty to support mm-hmm. the spouse. Mm-hmm. Did you think by having the joint account that you would have have to use the money on your spouse's new spouse? Oh, boy. All right. So— I guess the the moral of the story is, first of all, there's risk involved. So what other risks are there? Mm-hmm. Okay. What about if your child was on the account and there was only one child? You say, oh, this child takes care of everything. He's the in-town child, or she's the in-town child. But there's children all over the country. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget. I had a, a client that came to me. He's one of 10 children. Oh, boy. And he was on the count because he was the in-town child. And, and, and mom had died, and, it, and he said, what is my legal obligation for my siblings? I said, there's no legal obligation, just a moral obligation. He said, they haven't called mom recently. Have right. recently. This is exactly what we were talking about before, all the justification it's as if you could, as if you, it's a justification for suing a church. Mm-hmm. Is it really justified? They people come up with the reasons why oh. something to justify. They rationalize everything when they it comes ration, to money. When it comes mm-hmm. to money, they mm-hmm. rationalize. Yeah. And so, so, so again, I know we trust that in town child, sure. but they have no legal obligation. Mm. Does that bother you? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. Right. What about if somebody? Um, what happens if um, that person died, the joint account owner, and the and you were disabled, hmm. and there's been no other plans? You, you didn't expect your child to predecease you. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you can't handle it, is there any other documents you've done, or you have to seek guardianship? That was your plan. You, it's not supposed to be that a child predeceases a parent. My wife's grandmother, as I always tell you about Grandma Gussie, that unfortunately died prematurely at 107 and a half, uh, had two of her three children predecease her and one of her grandchildren predecease her. A grandchild predeceases when you live to be 107. Things like that happen. Did the you older we are, that? did you expect that? No, you don't expect that. No. You don't expect that. So, is that something that's okay? I mean, have you made any other plans in case bad things happen, the unexpected happens? Right. 
Um, you know, also if we, uh, of course, this also may have unintended uh, effects. So let's say your will said, uh, and, and you wrongfully thought that, um, okay, my will says equally to my children. And you had that in-town kid. Mm. Again, mm-hmm. the contract supersedes the will. The contract, the bank account signature card, or just like a life insurance policy, if you name a beneficiary, or if you have an IRA beneficiary, that supersedes a will. So a lot of people might say, well, oh, everything equally to my children, but if I had that joint account, that's not going to be equal because it didn't go by your will. Is that okay with you? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. By the way, it doesn't also take what happens if that person, uh, that the child in our case, became disabled. We said before what happens if, if the child died and you were disabled, what happens if the child is disabled mm-hmm. and you're okay? Or maybe not okay. Maybe you're both disabled. What happens then? Has there been any planning? What kind of planning could there be? There's lots of different types of planning. So what could be done, could have been done to prevent that? Well, there's all sorts of different things. And we'll get to those in one minute. But what I want to talk to you first about is Michael's next workshop because that's that's step three of the process as far as I'm concerned. Step one, go to Michael's website, DallasElderLawyer.com, and check out Michael and look at his background. You, do you have an about on your website about Michael Cohen and your oh, background yeah, sure, education. Sure. Great. So read about Michael's, his education, his experience, his knowledge. Read about his people, the services he provides. Read his newsletters. Sign up for his newsletters. And see for yourself like you do so many others out there. And then step two is to sign up for the workshop. Once you realize, because step one really is listening to the program. Step two is go to the website, DallasElderLawyer.com. And th- step three through the website is to sign up for his next workshop, which is Thursday, January the 23rd at one o'clock. And that will allow you to see in person uh, what you've heard on the air and what you've read on the website. And the workshop is free and it's two hours and you can bring other people with you and ask questions about your individual circumstances and see Michael in action. He reads nothing here. He never reads. He might go by a few notes, but everywhere out of his mouth is right from his head based on his experience. And he's here to share with you the law and your rights. And that's why the program is called Know Your Legal Rights. And he does that at the workshops and explain the workshops a little bit more to them, Michael. Well, we ask people, what do you want to know? It could be anything. It could be about wills. It could be about trust. It could be about bank accounts. It could be about uh, retirement. It could be about Medicaid. It could be about veterans' benefits. Anything to deal with um, estate planning. And so uh, I am an elder law attorney, so I have a lot more knowledge about, uh, even though we haven't talked about it today, except for just a little bit about Medicaid and VA benefits. Mm -hmm. But the, the... we ask whatever it is you want to know about estate planning, and we write those questions down, and we answer those questions within the two hours. And what you'll find is that you're going to learn not only usually what the answers to your questions and the, all the options. Just like today, we talked about what are the things that could go wrong, and then we'll say, well, what are your options, how you could 
what are the things that might be best for you? Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be the best for everybody would have a different view of what's best for them. Mm-hmm. And so planning, just like a will, there's not just one will out there. And a lot of people have the misconception, think there's one will out there, there's one type of trust out there. And everybody, everything is customized to be what's best for you. Good. So it's not, um, I think in our instantaneous satisfaction world out there, we think of that as just being one thing out there. Mm-hmm. And it's just shared. It's kind of like a the fruitcake that came from on Christmas time that everybody gets one fruitcake and they just keep giving it to the next person or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there's not just one. I don't know. Maybe there is only one fruitcake, but there's different types of wills. Mm-hmm. There may not be different types of fruitcakes, <laughs> although whatever. <laughs> I won't make any further comments. <laughs> but the, the bottom line is we you find out whatever it is that you want to know and then if you do go that free estate planning essentials workshops, a couple other benefits. Uh, number one, you also, and only for those people who go to the free estate planning essentials workshop, where you get to learn not only what the answers are to your questions, but those of others, and you'll see that those might affect you as well. Mm-hmm. But we'll go over your individual situation, if you desire, with no obligation for another additional free hour. That's three free hours. That's going to be the, a value of over $1,000 without anything, without mm-hmm. any obligation whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, we offer that only for those people who go to the free estate planning essentials workshops. You also get the benefit that we always joke about is the free KWAM coffee mug, mm-hmm. uh, which is, has KWAM, and you get a free chip clip and pin from KWAM as an as a additional gift. Uh, a little bit of a late Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess there's 12 days of Christmas, so well, maybe just consider this as one of those gifts. There you go. Uh, so uh, uh, anyway, uh, we think that you'll find it very valuable. And as we he- reach this new year where we think so many of us, like myself, make New Year's resolutions, maybe we think about not only ourselves but our families, a love letter in effect to our family to protect our families the way we want where they get things whenever the way under the terms and conditions that you desire and make sure that we're protected if you become disabled because a lot of times people fail to think about their own disability as people live longer uh, more and more people are getting disabled people forget fail to think about that they only think about sometimes what happens to death and even if they do think about death a lot of times what people think is it just how th- that things just go to my loved ones and not thinking about the considerations that bad things could happen to your loved ones your loved ones could get remarried your loved ones could have a uh, your loved ones may, let's say there's a child that may get remarried or their spouse might get remarried mm-hmm. they may have a marital problem they may have a credit problem they may be a spendthrift they may be an addict they may be uh, die before you they may have be dis, uh, disabled themselves they may have the list goes on there could be an unintended beneficiary a minor it could be uh, you had a uh, who somebody came out of the woodworks and we thought was a blood relation and you said oh I don't even know that person that we don't want to include in, as part of your estate planning. It could be any number of things. And so have you thought about those things? Is there any tax issues? Is there any public benefits issues? Um, so a lot of times people just think, oh, it just goes from my bank account to oh, and so-and-so. But they don't think about all those other issues. So and I bring people into my world the dark side. Which is the true world. <laughs> yeah, the, and say that unfortunately bad things happen to people. Right. Even if they're good people, and it's it, it's arguably biblically irresponsible and poor stewardship if you don't have your estate plan corrected, for lack of a better word, but at least updated by you, or as you say, somebody else. Although I don't ever say somebody else, they should always go to you. 
uh, to ensure that the right thing happens when you pass away based on your beliefs and your desires. Even, and there could even be charitable planning. That's another thing that you just mentioned. So let's say you wanted to take advantage of the fact that you wanted to give to a charity upon your passing. There are certain types of charitable trusts. So you could have an income tax advantage by giving to a charity. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a, just another illustration of all the different things that could go on, and, and, it's, and it's not a right or wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not telling everybody to give to charity. One of the things that we talk about sometimes at, uh, when we have like our annual maintenance meeting is, oh, well, there's no longer – you don't get as much standard – you know, the standard deduction is increased, so we can't give to um, um, – the get the charitable deductions that we got before because it's not rising to the level of the standard deduction. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, well, now you're making a required minimum distribution. Let's say you tithe or you give to a charity or church uh, all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, if, let's say you give from that. You can give up to $100,000 from your retirement account without income taxation mm-hmm. if you give directly from the IRA or whatever the uh, retirement account is directly to the uh, charity. Mm-hmm. So if you did normally did tithing, so, oh, I didn't need that income. Oh, okay. So there's another example. Here we are being responsible but having less taxation. Mm -hmm. So have you considered things like that? Mm -hmm. So anyway, so whatever it may be, this is another illustration uh, of what you bring up a point. This is just kind of like the workshop. Mm -hmm. Uh, All you have to do to go to that workshop is to call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. 0102 or sign up online at dallaselderlawyer.com. That's dallaselderlawyer.com. Uh, as I think you mentioned perhaps earlier in the show, it's January 23rd uh, at um, 1 o'clock. Uh, it's two free hours, and if you go to that, you get a free vision vision in addition to the uh, free coffee mug. And, right. uh, yeah, don't ever forget the coffee no. mug. Who could ask for anything about Thursday, January 23rd, 1 o'clock. Sign up today. Also, don't forget, uh, Google Michael Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, Dallas, and bang, there's his, his website and everything else you want to see about him. And impeccable reviews. You won't be surprised. I'm not surprised. So, Michael, uh, about five minutes left. Uh, solutions for joint account problems. Okay, so let's say you just don't do a joint account. Mm-hmm. Okay, let, how can we do things in a different way? Mm-hmm. Well, several different ways. One, sometimes people have convenience accounts. They don't have – now, it only you have si- uh, check-writing privileges, for example. That way, um, there's not the issue about necessarily liabilities. Mm-hmm. However, those even the convenience account may – create a problem because can we trust that person? Maybe, maybe not. Is there any responsibilities? What if if that person dies? Mm -hmm. So that may not be enough of a a planning, but that's a simple version where you don't do anything, but still not enough insurance. Another option is a power of attorney. Okay, what's a power of attorney? You give somebody else the authority to deal with that account. What's the problem with that? Some of the financial institutions don't recognize powers of attorney. Right. So then you have to make sure that the financial institution recognizes power of attorney. And they and don't recognize the, it. Why? Again, they don't want to get involved in the legal aspects well, of it. Or, well, it's really kind of funny. I had somebody in my office uh, who was signing a trust, and he said, here's my friend right here. Um, my friend, uh, he ought to be an attorney. He's, he's suing four different people right now. Mm-hmm. And I said, is that going to be kind of an issue? I said, well, let's say on your power of attorney if you named your, this friend. 
Uh, there's 11 different reasons under the estates code why they don't, why banks don't have to re- or financial institutions don't have to recognize powers of attorney. Wow. One is if you're a vexatious litigator, which <laughs> this guy is. Uh, I said, so congratulations, you've met the category of vexatious yeah, litigator. Vexatious, that's yeah, funny. Yeah, so okay. if somebody's a criminal or if you think that there might be abuse. So there's 11 different reasons why they don't have to recognize. Uh, by the way, if they don't recognize somebody justifiably, they could be sued for attorney's fees and court costs, and vice versa if you're wrong, that you could be liable for the attorney's fees and court costs. Okay. So a power of attorney could be good, but it could also have some different issues. And uh, again, there also could be, it's, it's like a blank check. And do we want to give a blank check? Is there Now, a power of attorney, if you use it for yourself, unless there's the authority, could have even... Uh, could be a criminal act if you use the funds for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, another option is having, instead of having an individual account, is having a trust account. So having it, putting it in a trust, now you're going to have a, that person not only is a fiduciary, it's going to also have the pecking order. It doesn't terminate on death. A power of attorney terminates on death. A trust doesn't die or become disabled. Mm-hmm. So if you had it in a trust account, now that only now you might be in charge, and if you're disabled and you define how who, when you're disabled, then it's going to be um, uh, this next trustee, and if that person can't act, then who's the next trustee? Mm-hmm. And what happens if there's no trustees? Can we have a trust protector to appoint a new trustee? So you can do all sorts of different things. So how much insurance do you want? Right. Just estate planning, a lot of times I think of it as how much insurance do you want? Mm-hmm. What is it that's important to you? Is it important to protect against disability? Oh, by the way, the trust does that too. Uh, is is it is it concern about a problem with a will contest? Is it concern about probate? Is it concern about creditor issues? Is it concern about disability issues? A lot of the different things that we've here discussed today. So it's a matter of just planning. Yep, and, and knowing what your options are, and not assuming. Yeah, I'll marry it. All goes to her. It's turnkey. No, it's not. Nothing's turnkey anymore. No, I mean, remember, you know, that's right. So a lot of times, especially, you know, especially in second marriages, they think, oh, I got the house together with my new spouse, so it automatically goes to my spouse. No. If you had child or children from a prior relationship, the answer is no. By the way, can you do a certain type of deed? Oh, you mean that there's such a deed called a... Uh, survivorship type deed. 99% of Texans don't have anything like that. Mm-hmm. You mean you could have a community property survivorship deed that when one of us dies, that the other one just gets the home? Yes, you can, uh, but most people are not aware of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what would that do? Oh, well, you mean you, I could avoid probate by that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. Is that something you want? But then there could be other issues. What happens if that person has children of their own and it doesn't go the way you want? Is that something that's – I don't know. So that everybody's facts are different. So you have to look at your own situation and see what it is that you want to protect against. Are you concerned that just the house goes to whomever? Or is there other issues that you might have? Look at your own situation by looking at your own schedule and sign up for that next workshop. Again, January the 23rd, Thursday at 1 o'clock. Google Michael Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, Dallas. Website will come right up. Google or type in DallasElderLawyer.com, and there's Michael's website. Or you can dial 214-720-0102, Sign up fast because these things sell out quickly. Dallas Elder Lawyer Attorney Michael Cohen, thank you, sir. Thank you, and Happy New Year.
leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770-KAAM for six years, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today 